The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that, he, <clears throat> that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is my, I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They, give him, they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. 
and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Just a couple of notes before I get into what I really want to say in my sermon, that this, these readings are different than the readings from this morning. Um, these are the readings for the evening of Easter, and just note that the suppers uh, in this reading with the two disciples first of all, and then with the eleven later, were in the evening. Um, and so we do well to gather and worship at 5 p.m., not only today, but every day, um, that that really was the uh, first uh, resurrection meal that Christ had, that he was known Uh, to folks in the breaking of bread was actually in the evening. So when we gather at 5 p.m., just think about that, that we are um, sort of uh, recalling what happened that first day of the resurrection. And I I also want to just say how glad I am this uh, first time here uh, with you all on Easter Sunday at the 5 o'clock worship service um, preaching with you all. I've never preached an Easter Sunday uh, sermon before because usually the, the rector gets to do it. Um, and being the, the pastor of this community, uh, it's just a delight to, to open up the scriptures to you all this evening. Um, I was recently uh, listening to a podcast. There's a podcast that I like called Transom, which is a lot like um, This American Life. Um, if you like This American Life, there's another podcast that's lesser known called Transom that's quite similar. I was listening to their latest episode um, that's called We've Never Been the Same colon, a war story. We've never been the same, a war story. And it's about um, this uh, company called Delta Company, nicknamed the Rakasans. And I don't know what Rakasans mean, but that's their name, the Delta Company, the Rakasans. And they were a Vietnam-era paratrooper unit in the the airborne in the army. And they're described as a sort of, they were described as a ragtag bunch of quote-unquote, leftovers. Um, uh, The people, they were made up of guys that other companies did not want, uh, misfits, people who talked back often, um, people who actually weren't even trained for infantry, and yet here they were uh, put together um, as Delta Company, and they ended up, despite these odds that were against them of being the misfits, they ended up becoming an elite uh, fighting team. Uh, in, Viet- in the Vietnam War. And this is largely due to the, the leadership of their captain, whose name was Bud Buca, who ended up winning a Congressional Medal of Honor. And if you know anything about that, that's just like the, the highest uh, medal that you can get in the military. Um, and the, the title of this episode, we've, we've Never Been the Same, is about one battle that they fought on the night of March 18th, 1968, which is just uh, an insane story uh, that they were, you know, outnumbered by hundredfolds uh, and fought this battle, and many of the guys ended up dying. But um, that night ended up changing their lives. Um, that was the pinnacle of heroism for a lot of them. 
um, despite being this ragtag bunch. And so they've never been the same, uh, is in reference to that one night together on March 18, 1968, fighting in Vietnam. And I bring all this up because it relates to something that I want to talk to you about in the scripture reading that we had this evening. Note the, uh, the tone of Luke's Easter narrative that we just read. Um, the two on the road, Cleopas and his companion, are looking sad. Um, they're hopeless, we are told, and they're confused about uh, Jesus Christ's death, first of all, but also they're confused about the, the women's account of the empty tomb. So they're sad, they're hopeless, and confused, we are told. And then later in the narrative, we have the, the 11 who are in the upper room, and they're startled, terrified, frightened, and doubtful. And Jesus Christ has to say to all of them, peace to you. Because the 11 were distressed, they were lacking peace. Um, so this isn't the, when you read this narrative, it's not the sort of Easter of brass and, and lilies um, and timpani drums and bunnies and bonnets and, and candy that we're used to. It's got an entirely different tone that we're, we're, we're used to having on Easter Day. Um, and when uh, Cleopas and his companion um, come into the room before Jesus Christ gets there, they say, to, they say to the eleven, the Lord is risen indeed, and the eleven do not respond hallelujah like we do. Um, so again, the, 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 the feeling is, is different than the sort of feeling that we often exude on Easter Sunday. Instead, they sort of, they lack hope, they lack faith, and they lack peace. This is uh, not what you would expect from God's chosen messengers of his gospel on that day. Just as um, the, the, the Delta Company or Rakasan uh, bunch were not what you would expect, uh, first of all, how they first appeared to end up becoming an elite fighting team. And yet, uh, the disciples, they're the ones who would indeed be uh, witnesses to all the world of the gospel message. Do you remember the, the 1980s movie, Spies Like Us, um, with uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd? Uh, it's, if you don't know, you don't need to really know too much about it, but basically it's about two sort of bumbling, terrible novice spies uh, during the Cold War who end up saving the world from a nuclear holocaust, uh, despite the fact that uh, they're the least likely Candidates, And I think this is sort of relatable to the, the disciples, those two on the road and the 11, the 11 apostles in the upper room. They're uh, not the obvious choice. They're the misfits, a ragtag bunch, as the Delta Company described themselves, the leftovers. Um, they are indeed the Delta Company of messengers or witnesses. Uh, God doesn't, when he, when he chooses his messengers to send forth his message, the good news, he doesn't choose the A team or even the beta team or even the gamma team, but the delta team. Um, they are, you might say, misfits like us of the gospel. Uh, and frankly, though, when I think about it, who better um, than misfits uh, to, to carry on this message? Who better than misfits who understand their need of him? Who better than the leftovers who understand their need of him? 
I personally, I can tell you that personally, I take comfort that God chose and redeemed this lot instead of uh, another group. Um, you know, just my personal, when I look at my own life, you know, when I look back at the landscape of my own life from childhood until now, um, I could describe myself at points being sort of a former juvenile delinquent, at times an atheist, and coming from a broken home. Uh, it's crazy to me when I think back on the things that I've done, the things that I've experienced, the things that I've said and thought. It's crazy to me that God would make me uh, his messenger <laughs> to preach to you tonight. I often feel, I, I can tell you with certainty that I often feel like the worst possible candidate. Um, I felt that way preparing the sermon today. As I was writing this, I was, what, what, what am I doing? What am I talking about? Why am I doing this? This is so bizarre. Why am I in Alabama uh, <laughs> preaching a Christian message? It's, I mean, if you would have told me that eight years ago, I would have said, no way, you've got the wrong guy. That's crazy. That's impossible. But what is this uh, story that I can say that I myself am witness to along with these, these Delta company of disciples? Uh, well, just look at the story that we have tonight. Um, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus Christ explains how the, uh, the scriptures were fulfilled in him, the, meaning the Old Testament scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures were fulfilled in him. This is the message that he gives to them when he opens up the scriptures to them, that the Messiah had to suffer a death and, and rise from the dead. Uh, and this was all for forgiveness of our sins. And not only that, but for promise of life after death. Um, you could say, if you're think, we don't get a, a clear picture when it says to us that he opened up the scriptures to Cleopas and the companion. We don't get a clear picture of what he said exactly, but we can uh, wager a, a guess that it probably sounded like many of the sermons in the Acts of the Apostles. If you read the book of Acts, that's often what the sermons sound like uh, when the different apostles are preaching to people. Uh, they're opening up the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, and how they pointed to Jesus Christ. Just think of Peter at Pentecost or Peter preaching before the Jewish council and all that he said about the, the law and the prophets and the Psalms being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Or think about Stephen's sermon to the Jewish authorities before he's uh, stoned in martyrdom. Both uh, Peter and Stephen are expositing the scriptures to bear witness to Jesus Christ. Or when the Gentile eunuch uh, read the prophet Isaiah and asked, about whom does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? And Philip responds, uh, he opens his mouth and beginning with this, this scripture, he, beginning with this scripture, meaning and talking about more, he told him the good news about Jesus Christ. Or when Paul went to the synagogue in Thessalonica, and on, the third, on, on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. So it's probably, it was probably something like that that Jesus was doing when he was opening up the scriptures for these two on the road. 
And then furthermore, when he's in the, the room with the eleven, Jesus Christ displays his body. He shows them his body um, to, to give them the good news that resurrection means eternal material life. That he's not just some sort of ethereal, vague spirit or ghost, as they assumed, but th- that his resurrection was material, and therefore our resurrection will be fleshly. Um, even repentant sinners like this Delta company of disciples might have forgiveness of sins and everlasting life in flesh. And so despite uh, it being Easter today, you know, maybe you, or maybe it's not you, or maybe you're, you're in a really good mood. I don't mean to, to bring you down, you know, um, but maybe you, or maybe someone close to you, you know, feels sad um, or hopeless or confused or startled, terrified, frightened, doubtful, or distressed, or any other adjective like that. Um, maybe, or maybe all this sort of resurrection business of coming back from the dead and, 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 and the body and the flesh, materially speaking, is just uh, too difficult for you to wrap your mind around and, and frankly, to believe in. Or maybe uh, you feel guilty right now about something in your past or Maybe there's something that you continue to do now or you're in the midst of and you feel guilty about this. And maybe for these reasons, you feel unworthy of God's love. Well, um, let me just tell you one last story. Uh, and I learned about this like maybe some of you did on Facebook um, today because my wife put it up. Um, my daughters uh, can drive me bananas. I've talked to you about them a lot from here. Um, and it's great fodder for sermons now um, that I'll have to change in years to come. But um, earlier today, our four-year-old said to our two-year-old, Jesus died for our sins, right? She often asks questions and goes, right? <laughs> our four-year-old, our stinking four-year-old said to our two-year-old, Jesus died for our sins, right? Yeah, he did. And he rose for our justification, too. And so take heart um, that God's ragtag bunch are the primary candidates for his peace and forgiveness. And that we, like Delta Company, or like uh, the disciples on the road, or those in the upper room, will never be the same again. Amen.